Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Earn $250 in Scotia Rewards points for travel with the new Scotiabank Passport Visa Infinite Card. Visit scotiabank.com slash passportinfinite for more details. He'll hit Corey Watson with it. He'll sidestep one tackler and gets to the 20. Corey Watson inside the 10. Touchdown, Eskimo. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. The Florida Panthers are next up for your Edmonton Oilers. Currently the Panthers leading Boston 2-0. 13 minutes into the first period. Also tonight, Maple Leafs up 2-1 in Buffalo. Van Riemsdyk, both goals, now has 31 on the season. Capitals lead the Islanders 3-2 early in the second period. Also early in the second period, it's 3-2 Columbus over Philadelphia. First period, Canadians up 2-1 on the Penguins and just getting underway, the Avalanche and the Blues. Three games still to come tonight. The Oilers traveling today. Little bit of news for the Oilers. They called up Ty Ratty from the farm. They signed Kiro Maximoff to his entry-level contract. We'll have more details on his season with the Niagara Ice Dogs as we move along tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins. This is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Ched, we're going to have a fun show. Big game for the U of A Golden Bears Tomorrow at Hockey Nationals in Fredericton, Dylan Bredo is going to check in after the 6.30 news. He's a really interesting player. He's a transition from forward to defense and then back again over the course of his junior and university career. So we'll see how that's gone for him. Basketball tonight, Pacers leading the Raptors 51-47. That's late in the first half. All right. He joins us every week on Inside Sports. Simpson will clear it out to center. Paul Coffey back to get it. Second period just underway. Nichols picks up a loose puck. Bernie Nichols walking in over to Klima. And a save by Billy Rudy. Diving over to knock it down. Now Nichols shoots. Save again by Rudy. Sliding. He knocked that one away. Thanks to the magic of YouTube, two of the saves Kelly Rudy made in his illustrious National Hockey League career, but the only two I could find online, Kelly. Those were uh, in overtime. That was the series we ended up losing. Uh, overtime goal, I believe Craig McTavish scored uh, in overtime to eliminate us 4-2. to two. It happened to be a really close series. Uh, so vivid memories for sure. I remember how dangerous uh, Klima and, and uh, Bernie were that game. Uh, Oilers had a great team that year, for sure. 
I'm impressed you remember those exact saves. I, I love that about uh, athletes, and they often remember highlights from games they lost better than games they won, which I've always found uh, very interesting. Now, did you you also played with Bernie Nichols? Did you not? Did you overlap yeah, a little sure bit? Did. Yeah, absolutely. My first year that I was traded to Los Angeles in February, he was uh, playing on Gretzky's line. He scored 70 goals, I believe. So, uh, and then. Uh, he started uh, the next season, of course, with us. And then around the All-Star break of that year, we ended up trading him to the New York Rangers for Thomas Sandstrom and Tony Granato, I believe. Now, what was it about Nichols that made him not just a dangerous scorer, but also several times in his career, uh, a player that teams were willing to part with despite his offensive prowess? Well, the thing is about Bernie, especially as he became a little bit older, uh, he was such a solid two-way player. So everybody remembers him for scoring. I mean, uh, I'm looking at his stats on Hockey DB right now. In only his uh, uh, third year, I believe he had 100 points and 46 goals. The year before that, he had 41 goals. And then that year, he skyrocketed uh, playing with Wayne to 70 goals and 80 assists, 150 points. But what most people don't recognize like Yari Curry, he was unbelievable defensively. He was really good centerman, uh, really good in face-off circle. And so when the points started to die down a little bit for Bernie, he still became that same great player. I, I remember we played together in San Jose for a couple of years as well, and his point totals really dipped down. 45 points uh, his first year with us and 26 the next, or 28. But, you know, he, he was so smart. He wasn't the best skater but he was so smart that we could put him up against anybody. So that, those are my recollections about Bernie that, you know, he has traded a few times, but it's because everybody needed a player like him. I mean, I remember when he was in Chicago before he came to us in San Jose, and man alive, was he ever a great player for them. So you need guys like that. You need depth scoring, and at times Bernie was the number one centerman uh, in his career, and other times just like a two or a three, and uh, extremely valuable in each role. Put up, uh, put up a heck of a lot of points for a guy drafted 73rd overall. Uh, the player taken before him was Tony Feltron, who i got to be honest with you, I don't remember. He played 48 games. The guy after him was Stuart Gavin, who actually played a lot of games uh, in the yeah. NHL but wasn't uh, wasn't a size. I don't know if you remember those guys. but I, and, and you know what? Speaking of Yari Curry, Bernie was taking five picks after Curry. How about that? I know, right? Well, Stu Gavin actually is doing really well for himself. He's a financial analyst. He has a number of NHL players uh, under his guidance, so he's done really well in that sense. But, you know, you think of guys like Bernie, and there are other guys that have had great careers that weren't drafted that high, like Tony uh, uh, Luke Robitaille. I mean, you think of the same sort of guy. He wasn't the best skater, kind of like Bernie, but man alive, they just knew how to play and where to go and how to get open. Yeah, well, and uh, the Oilers continue to search for a guy that uh, contributes from a from a later round, and we're going to talk about one later in the show because Kirill Maximoff was signed to his uh, entry-level deal today. He's with Niagara in the OHL. He's having a pretty good year. Kelly, Flames and Oilers earlier this week, you got to be between the benches, and I know we briefly texted after the game, and uh, Rob and I watched your broadcast, and uh, I don't think you've been down there a lot and, and I know you greatly appreciate Connor McDavid, but uh, you seem yeah. to uh, enjoy having an even new angle to his game. Yeah, so I, I believe that was my third time between the benches. Uh, and I'm not counting some of the outdoor games that I've done. 
because those are all unique and you always have a different vantage point, whether it's between the benches or along the board somewhere uh, or well back you know, if it's in a baseball stadium. But, yeah, I love that experience. It's different. It reminds you of certain things that you kind of forget about. And what I'm uh, going to talk about, of course, is the speed, how there's almost no room for the players. Uh, my favorite vantage point, of course, is up top because you can see plays develop really well, which you don't see them develop quite the same because you don't see the same sort of space when you're uh, between the benches. Uh, but you see the size, the speed of the game, and not only guys like McDavid, but everybody else, and how quickly they have to make a split decision. That, those, so those sort of things really stick out to, to me, and I, I just... I, I really enjoyed the, the there's a underlying current of intensity that you kind of miss when you're up in the booth and so when you're down there you can see it in their eyes you know they might not exchange any words uh say a couple players like Cassian and Furlan but you can just see it in their eyes and so that was kind of fun to be around again then of course there is a little bit of chirping although I must say there was a lot less on that game than I expected got a little bit more heated in the third but I was expecting a little bit more trash talking. So uh, once again, I'm going to do it a little bit more often. It kind of reminded me how fun it was. And uh, so at some point down the road here, I hope to do it maybe once or twice more before the season comes to an end. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports, former NHL goaltender, now an analyst with the NHL on Rogers, joins us once a week here throughout the hockey season. So uh, you, you, you enjoyed that game. Oilers had another close one last night with San Jose. Couldn't extend their lead, wound up losing in overtime. Kind of a mistake-filled game, I thought. Uh, both teams pretty sloppy with the puck at times. Uh, but anyway, Ryan Nugent Hopkins got a goal in that game. He's been playing with Connor McDavid. He's a player you and I have talked about a lot. Yeah. And, you know, there's all this stuff flying around. Uh, Pierre Dorian was at the game. I mean, it's my understanding that a Hoffman for Nugent Hopkins trade has not been discussed. It's my understanding yep. that Ottawa is not going to trade Mike Hoffman, so I want to get that out there because Oilers fans are upset about it. But uh, I just really hope Nugent Hopkins is... And like, and you talked about this at the deadline. GMs always talk. You never know what yep. deal could fall into your lap. Yeah. But I just have such an appreciation for the player Nugent Hopkins has, has turned into, and I just wonder what you're seeing lately. Yeah, I like it too, and I, I like the experiment trying him with uh, McDavid. I said that Saturday night during the broadcast. That it's worth it. You know, you've got here's McDavid. You need to find somebody other than Drysdale that can play with him, and then you get to uh, Nugent Hopkins that can skate. He's pretty or not pretty good he's really good defensively understands awareness in his own zone and so on he's not a powerful guy but you don't necessarily have to be that anymore in the nhl so i like the experiment to put him up there i thought he generated some chances and uh so i don't know how much longer it's gonna last but i do know one thing that dorian was in calgary as well he was in edmonton yesterday and when i looked at the roster uh that was the obvious name that came to me was mike hoffman and uh, I know that Mark Spector wrote an article today uh, on the Sportsnet website about that same sort of scenario. And you say that there's not going to be a trade for Hoffman for Nugent Hopkins, but there have been a lot of rumors all season long about Hoffman. So the destination, I don't know. Um, they're, they're different players for sure. Uh, I'm a big fan of what uh, Hoffman can do as well. He's got one of the best releases in the game. Uh, I don't know if maybe intensity he needs to be a little bit more intense because if you have that kind of release and, and you have the ability to 
uh, fool goaltenders that easily. I- I'm not sure why you only have, what, 19 goals? Or is that 21 for Hoffman? I think he's 20. Yeah, he's two ahead of Nuge, but obviously yeah. he's played more games, right? So yeah, even exactly. that, you wonder. Yeah, exactly. So he, he does have to work on some things. But uh, Nugent Hopkins, I mean, listen, he's uh, 24 years old. He's coming into the prime of his career. He's an awfully good hockey player. So he, wherever you find him slotted, uh, most likely he's best as, as a centerman. But sometimes players have to adapt. I made the same comparison about Nugent Hopkins as I did too about uh, Patty Marlowe. So Patty Marlowe is a natural, gifted centerman, but in San Jose they had so much depth there with Couture and with Pavelski and Thornton that they thought it best that they moved Patty to the wing because of most of those guys he could adjust pretty quickly, and he did. And it turned out to be a good situation for him because he still, I believe, prefers to play center. But if you can still chip in on wing and be a really effective player, then maybe it, it adds a little bit of versatility to the player and and so interesting conversation i don't know if you want to move a guy like nugent hopkins uh if you're desperately trying to move him but every like i've told you many times everybody's got to be in the discussion kelly mike smith brilliant uh, i'm well i mean a well goaltended game talbot was the only reason we weren't talking about talbot's game is because smith was uh even better several remarkable saves to shut out the oilers calgary sits two points out of a playoff spot, uh, both third in the division and for the second wild card. If Smith is Smith is back, is that going to put them over the top? Are they consistent enough without the goaltending? How do you look at it? Well, first of all, he has been their team MVP. Everybody's talked about that the entire season. He's been phenomenal, and so I was not really surprised that uh, after he wasn't bad Sunday versus the Islanders, but his team wasn't great either, and he had missed a month. So I wasn't surprised in his second outing that he was lights out. So the problem is, uh, even with him in that at home, they still struggle. So there's still a game under 500 at home. That really kills you in a playoff push. But uh, depending how they they fare at home down this uh, final stretch, they only have 11 games. Uh, it, they have a real battle in front of them, and they have they're going to have to get a tiny bit of help. But uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me also if they go on a roll because at times they're like every team. At times you really like them. You go, holy cow, is that ever a good team? And other times you go, no, they're just missing something. There's some kind of spark missing. But like I said, you could have that same conversation with everybody. You could have the same conversation about a team like Los Angeles that they're chasing. You could say about San Jose. You could Every team out there... Uh, other than about a handful of teams that you don't usually have that discussion with, everybody else is in the same boat. Well, and you know what? I, I brought that up with uh, on the post game show with Rob last night, and that's what, another disappointing thing about the Oilers' season. It's not like the Pacific Division is full of titans. There, there's uh, there's good teams, mm-hmm. but there's some flawed teams too. And when, when the Oilers are playing say, San Jose, you've seen San Jose forecheck like madmen for five minutes and hem the Oilers in, and then yeah. go five minutes where they couldn't get the puck out of their own end, and they're handing the Oilers chances. So that's that's another disappointing thing is uh, is that the Oilers. You know, fell back early in in what I don't think is a is a strong division. It's an okay yeah. division, but I wouldn't say it's a strong division. But anyway, Kelly, thanks for checking in tonight. We'll uh, we'll do this again next week, buddy, and maybe we'll find a, another uh, old oiler for you to tell a story. Okay, about. sounds good, pal. <laughs>
That is Kelly Rudy, former NHL goaltender, joins us uh, once a week here on Inside Sports. Always good to catch up with him. Cool stuff there about Bernie Nichols. I loved how he remembered those two exact saves we played off the top. If you want to get in touch, the phone number is 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. It's 621. We're coming right back. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, good to have you along for the ride this evening. March Madness underway. How's your bracket doing? We'll talk more about the NCAA tournament later on with Edmontonian and former NCAA basketball player Steve Sir. He'll check in between 7.30 and 8. Mention the University Cup. One game already finished. St. FX, the number 5 seed, knocked off Brock, the number 4 seed, 6-2. And UNB, the number 1 team, currently leading number 8, Concordia, 4-0. That's in the second period, so UNB rolling along there. Bears and Acadia tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Edmonton time. You can watch it online. I think you get to pay something like 5 bucks to watch it on the U Sports website. The semifinals and final on the weekend will be on Sportsnet, so hopefully we have the Bears in those. Arnold Palmer Invitational underway today. Henrik Stenson in the lead, 8 under par. Tiger Woods tied for 7th. He's 4 off the lead. Bretsky texting into 630-630. He says, Hi, Reed. I'm worried that by the time the Oilers get all the bad contracts sorted out, Connor, Leon, and Darnell are going to be past their primes. Well, I hope not. They're still pretty young. Dreisaitl's 22. McDavid's 21. Nurse is 23. So, you know, you can expect them to be, uh, most guys are good players into their 30s. So, but I understand what you're saying. Some contracts that are tough right now for the Oilers. The Lucic deal leading the way. He will not be bought out. He will not be traded. He will be on the team next year. And uh, it's hope mode for Milan Lucic right now that he gets better and, well, gets back to who he can be. Gets out of this funk for sure. Oilers and Panthers, by the way, coming up on Saturday afternoon. The face-off show will be at 10.30 in the morning. The game starts at noon as Edmonton goes out on a four-game road trip. Okay, text line is 6.30, We'll get to Dylan Bredo. He's with the Golden Bears, formerly a defenseman, now a forward with the team. He'll tell us why that transition was made and why he's so comfortable with it. That's coming up next. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. NHL action tonight. Maple Leafs taking it to the Sabres up 4-1 with five minutes left in the second period. James Van Riemsdyk has two goals, now 31 on the season. Also late in the second frame, 5-2 for the Capitals over the New York Islanders. After the first period, Penguins and Canadians are tied 2-2. Phil Kessel with his 29th of the season. Late second period in Philadelphia, Blue Jackets leading the Flyers 4-3. The Panthers, that's the Oilers' next opponent, 
are up 2-0 on Boston. That's after the first period. Six minutes left in the opening frame in St. Louis. Avalanche leading the Blues 2-0. Nathan McKinnon, both goals. He now has 35 on the year. The Jets up 3-1 on Chicago, 12 minutes into the game. Paul Stastny has his 15th. Coming up later, Predators at Coyotes. Red Wings will take on the Kings. Paralympic hockey in South Korea. Semi-finals today, Canada beat South Korea 7-0, the United States over Italy 10-1, so a Canada-U.S. showdown in the gold medal game on Sunday. NBA tonight, halfway through the third quarter, Raptors trailing the Pacers 67-60, and of course it's the opening round of March Madness. I got a game on here between Kentucky and Davidson, Kentucky a 5, Davidson a 12 Kentucky is up three with 12 minutes left in the second half. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630 Ched. The open line number is 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. A little bit of Eskimos news today. They've signed free agent offensive lineman Kevin Palmer. Spent a uh, couple of seasons with the BC Lions in 16 and 17, appearing in 11 games. Played for the... uh, was, was on the practice roster for the Arizona Cardinals, also got looks with the Chiefs, Steelers, and Buccaneers. So with DeAnthony Batiste retiring, the Eskimos are looking for a tackle, so perhaps Palmer will be that guy. The Eskimos also releasing Canadian linebacker Corey Greenwood. Oilers update today for Nisku Ford. Every model on sale every day. Nisku Ford above expectations. Kiro Maximoff signed to his entry-level contract. 18 years old. He's in his third OHL season with the Niagara Ice Dogs. 59 games on the year. Has 33 goals and 73 points. 6'2", about 195 pounds. Taken by the Oilers in the fifth round, 146th overall in 2017. We'll give you more details on Maximoff after the 7 o'clock news. Matt Young is going to join us. He's the co-host of Ice Dogs this week in St. Catharines. Uh, St. Catharines, the home town for the Niagara Ice Dogs. And Ty Ratty has been called up from the farm, so uh, he'll join the Oilers in Sunrise, Florida. 25 years old. Remember, was up with the Oilers for a couple of games earlier this season. Doing well in Bakersfield. 21 goals, 43 points in 53 games. Oilers and Panthers on Saturday afternoon. Face-off show at, uh, well, the game uh, right at noon. Face-off show will be at 10.30 in the morning. U of A Golden Bears getting ready to go. Early one here in Edmonton, 10 a.m. Mountain start time. Golden Bears taking on Acadia in the national quarterfinal in Fredericton. And I'm pleased to be joined by Dylan Bredo from the Golden Bears hockey team. Dylan, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Must be great to head out to the Maritimes and get uh, some pretty nasty weather, right? You couldn't escape the snow. I understand it got hit pretty hard out there. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it's fall. That's the past few years. I think three of the four years they've had a winter storm when we've been out here. So um, I guess why not, right? Yeah, exactly. you gotta, you got to finish off the hockey season. Might, might as well be snowing outside. You guys are set to go at Nationals, Dylan. Uh, single elimination tournament. You play tomorrow, 1 o'clock Atlantic time, 10 a.m. back here in Edmonton. The, the time change, what amounts to a pretty early morning game back here in Edmonton, how are you guys dealing with that? Uh, good. You know, Stan, Stan did a good job planning the trip. He brought us down here a few days early. Um, you know, our, our trainers have done a good job making sure 
uh, everything's available for us that, that we need to get adjusted to the time. Um, so I think it's going well. Um, playing playing on a Friday this year definitely helps. Last year we played on a Thursday, so the extra day um, both to use our advantage. Okay, so there's no, I mean, you don't mind playing matinees? I know you don't play many during the season. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's definitely it's definitely a change, but just looking at the schedule, even even going into the weekend, if we, um, you know, if we get past first game, um, they're all, they're all seem to be afternoon morning games. So, um, you know, I guess it's kind of nice to to get the first one and kind of get adjusted to that. But you know, definitely with the time time change and then with it being a one o'clock game, it's definitely going to be a challenge. But uh, you know, I think we've done everything we can to prepare for that. You played Acadia last year. You guys were ranked number one. They upset you four-one in the quarterfinals. Does that factor in at all? Is is there any we got to get back at them type thought, or is is this just a totally separate tournament, separate event for you guys? Uh, you know, I, I, I think anybody would, would be lying if um, they said it's not in the back of our minds. But we're we're trying to treat it as a separate tournament. You know, um, they have a different team. We have a different team. Uh, last year we got so much experience from that tournament that um, was invaluable to us and you know hopefully we can use that this year and I guess kind of remember remember last year what happened and um, you know kind of use that for our advantage and take that into to, uh, tomorrow afternoon. Dylan Bredo joining us on Inside Sports forward for the U of A Golden Bears. I emphasize that position because it's changed. It's changed a bit in your junior university career. I'll let you explain it, Dylan. Can, can you tell us the progression of what position you've played going back to your days with the Medicine Hat Tigers and now with the U of A Golden Bears? Yeah, so I, I was a center all the way up until um, I was halfway through my 19-year-old year, so um, all my time pretty much with Medicine Hat. Um, and then halfway through my 19-year-old year, I, uh, a couple forwards or a couple D-man went down, and I transitioned to defense, and it, uh, you know, ended up working out pretty well. So I, I stayed at D for my 20-year-old year. Um, coming to the Bears, they recruited me as a D-man. Uh, played my first three years as a D-man, pretty much my whole fourth year too. And, and then um, towards the end of the year, I, I kind of got injured, and um, Ben Carroll had to step in, and he did a great job stepping in. And, and kind of really balanced out our decor. And um, then coming back, we had some, some forwards injured. So, um, you know, Serge wanted uh, kind of brought the idea to me about maybe possibly going back to forward. And, you know, with it being a position that I've, uh, I've played before and I was comfortable with, um, you know, it was kind of an easy transition. And, um, you know, it's worked out well. It's, uh, it's, um, been comfortable for me um, for sure and and kind of anything I can do to help the team so yeah okay interesting I'm going to throw one at you here Dylan if you were coaching a team that you were playing on where would you put yourself (laughs) Um, you know I I guess if I was coaching um, probably probably forward just just based off you know we we have um We've had some injuries this year, and, and some guys um, up front have got down, so we were kind of low on numbers there. But, um, you know, at, at heart, I would say I'm a defenseman, and that's kind of my favorite position. But, um, you know, this time of year, I definitely don't mind moving up front if, if that's what Serge uh, thinks is going to help the team. 
Dylan Bredo from the U of A Golden Bears joining us. They're ready to go at Nationals, hoping to win their first national title since 2015. Dylan, you were on that team uh, in your first year, went in ranked uh, number one, beat UNB in the final. Tell us just what it felt like to win that University Cup in your first season and, and what it would mean to win it again. Oh, man, it, it was unreal. To start off my uh, university career winning the University Cup was um, surreal. Uh, you know, I, I think back and, you know, I'm kind of an older guy on the team now, and I think back to what the older guys on the team meant to meant to that team back then and, and how they really led the team. And, um, you know, that's all that's all us older guys are trying to do here, especially with the young young core that we have on the, on the Golden Bears. So... Um, you know, with this possibly with me graduating um, this this spring, uh, and this possibly being my last year, I have the option of coming back for one more. But um, to come in and win a national championship and to go out with one would be would be surreal. And you know, that's kind of what we're building towards, and uh, that's, that's what we're hoping for here. The, the single elimination formats have been in effect now for two years. They or for a few years, they used to have the two pools of three. You guys often play Friday, Saturday, regular season meetings against the same team. The playoffs are best out of three. I, you know, I'm sure in your junior career you, you played uh, game sevens or games, game fives if it was best of five. How do you enjoy yeah. the single elimination format? What are the challenges uh, or advantages um, for, for a team, especially a higher seed like you guys going in? Yes, I, I guess it would depend on the year that you asked me. My first year, I loved it, and then uh, the next two years, I hated it, um, getting bounced the first game. So, um, you, you know, it's definitely challenging, and um, it's something that, that we've been um, working towards all year is being consistent, bringing that effort every night because, you know, like you said, it's one game and you're done. So, um, you know, I guess the advantages of it is it's three games and you're, you're hoisting a cup over your head if you play three good games. But, um, you know, I, th- I think just sticking to, to what's worked all year for us and trying to be as consistent as possible and, and doing the little and doing the little things and, you know, kind of sticking with our habits is one way that we've been talking about that we can, um, you know, stay consistent and, and um, try to bring that best effort for the three games. So, um, you know, I don't think it's, in my opinion, and it's not the best format, but it's the one that, that we have here, and um, you know we have to do our best job to, to bring our bring our bring our best effort, and um, you know each and every game, kind of take it game by game, and, and hopefully it works out, man. Okay, I know you're focusing on this weekend, but uh, but I always, whenever I talk to university athlete, I love to get the the other side of their life. Uh, you mentioned uh, possibly being done with school here. What are you studying, and what are your post-university aspirations at the moment? Yeah, so I'm studying finance uh, at the University of Alberta right now. Um, you know, kind of post, I'm looking at, uh, actually this year I applied for, for my MBA, um, and they kind of got back to me and said I need one year of work experience um, post-grad, so... Um, you know, I, I kind of got a few options. Um, one's to do a, do a co-op and, and stick with the University of Alberta and play hockey and work at the same time and um, and then maybe do that MBA after. Or um, the second option is kind of jet to Europe, go play professional hockey over there for a year and then um, come back and try to get my MBA. So um, all routes are, are coming back to that MBA here at the University of Alberta, you know. Um, 
coming in coming into to the university here four years ago um you know i was just hoping to get my business degree and you know things have went so well and you know the guys have, have led me in such a good direction and as long with the coaches and stan that um you know i've had a great time here and i i want to come back for a little bit more schooling and kind of set myself up well for the future awesome well, Dylan, I hope your immediate future involves finishing the season with three consecutive wins because we know what that would spell out. Thanks a lot for your time here at Inside Sports. All the best. All right. Thank you very much. You too. Dylan Bredo checking in from Fredericton. That's where the University Cup is being held. U of A Golden Bears, number two ranked in the country, taking on number seven Acadia. 10 a.m. tomorrow, Edmonton time. You can uh, Google U Sports and stream that online if you want to. you got to pay a little bit for it. And, of course, we'll keep you updated on uh, 6.30 chat. I'm sure Bob Stoffer might have the final score for you during Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. It is 6.48. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Book the rumpus room for up to 12 of your closest friends and dig in for a family-style chicken picnic at northchickenyeg.com. Northern Chicken at 124th Street and 107th Avenue. It is 6.48 inside sports on 6.30. Chad, coming right back. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30. Chad. Very good song. Band known as Fozzy. Chris Jericho, the lead singer. See, I do know a little bit about wrestling, Kellen. If the guy sings for a rock band. He is having a huge 2018 so far. Isn't he from Winnipeg? He is. And he ain't afraid to admit that he's from Winnipeg, trust me. What has he done in 2018? Dare I ask? Okay. Dare well, I ask and turn this into a one-hour soliloquy on wrestling <laughs> by uh, I'll make it a one-minute circle. Well, well, make it 20 seconds would be ideal. It'll be quick, yes. Uh, <laughs> match of the year candidate with a fellow Winnipeg, a, a fellow Winnipegger, uh, or Winnipegite, Winnipeg Tornian. Winnipeg resident Kenny Omega at the Tokyo Dome for New Japan Pro Wrestling on January 4th. And, yeah, that will probably be match of the year at the end of the year. It was fantastic. So this was not, he's not in WWE? No, this was a different company entirely. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is the biggest pro wrestling company in Japan. Does he still rest for, wrestle for WWE? Uh, not at the moment. He's busy oh, touring with Fozzie, so... Well, Fozzie, uh, they, they had an album come out uh, last year or late 2016. I haven't really yes. listened to that one yeah. yet. Yeah, this the brand the new one, one called Judas. Four, yes. yes, this one was uh, Do You Want to Start a War mm-hmm. four or five years ago. Anyway, we have the uh, odd listener who enjoys the guitar rock. So check out Fozzie. And the They're host of the show enjoys the gu- guitar rock. I do a lot enjoy too. the guitar rock. Absolutely, <laughs> I do. Which is a more important thing. Got the Kentucky and Davidson on the television. Did you fill out a bracket? Uh, no. No, but Brandon I have. Brandon Ulrich didn't invite you. I have my no. Doesn't well, invite me to anything. You are you are, kidding me? Wow, I, I, I don't know why he's so ostracized you from the work activities. Oh no, gambling. It's, it's completely the other way around. I've ostracized him, so it's all good. All right, yeah. Well. <laughs> but I do have my pick. Uh, go Gonzaga. Go Gonzaga. Oh, you're go. one of those guys, just yes. like Gonzaga. I love Gonzaga. All right. I think yep. they're a three or a four seed. Mm-hmm. They always got a good team. Yeah, they almost got bounced in the first round today. It was a bit of a nail-biter. Well, this is a good one here. Kentucky and Davidson. So you got a traditional power and a... Uh, well, they just... Why would they change to another game? 
I'm, now I'm very frustrated, Kellen. I was happy. Oh, there's hockey. Oh, no, I don't get that hockey game. That's blacked out. All right. Well, I was watching Kentucky and Davidson, and now they just took it off. Yeah, now we got San Diego State and Houston Which going is not out. as close a game, and it's earlier in the game. So now now I'm irritated, everybody. How'd it go? They've been doing it all day. Is they start one game, and then halfway through a game, they'll switch to another game, and then halfway through that game, they'll switch to another game. It's the uh, first weekend of the NCAA basketball tournament, uh, one of my favorite sporting events to watch because there's games going on all day. Every game is game seven. You got the possibility for wild upsets, great finishes. So it's pretty fun to watch. Now, a lot of the star players are now one and done because they can go into the NBA after one year. I really got into the NCAA tournament when UNLV was good. So they had Larry mm. Johnson for a few years. Was yeah, it yeah. Stacey Ogman there? See, I can still remember these games. Duke had Bobby Hurley, Christian Leitner year after year. So they wouldn't leave for the NBA. Now, a lot of like Kentucky basically just says, come play for a year. And we'll we'll get you ready for the NBA, and then we'll bring in a batch of five new stars. Not maybe not five guys every year, but that's often how it goes. Anyway, if they ever put Kentucky and Davidson back on, that that <laughs> was a good game. Updated. I enjoyed watching that too. I don't know why they switched, but maybe there we they'll go. switch back. Maybe there was and, just a timeout see, or something. That's the difference, uh, I guess. You being a lifelong. I guess basketball, I don't want to say junkie, but... No, I'm not a basketball junkie. There's just certain things I enjoy watching. 57-54, yeah, uh, Kentucky up on Davidson, five and a half minutes left. Yes. Scrambled to get it on the website there. But you remember these guys from watching the NCAA tournament now. So oh, sure, I boy. remember watching them, or I remember them from their names in the video games, like NBA Jam. Oh, nice. And, uh, you know, all the stuff that came out on the Super Nintendo, Sega, etc., right? Fair enough. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I was in university in the early 90s. So sometimes in university, you may not have classes all day, or you may not go to your classes. Right. You may just sit at home and watch basketball all day. So Why not, yes, right? Yes, I was a regular viewer of this tournament. Tell you what we're going to do. We're going to give you the news and weather at the top of the hour. We will go to St. Catharines, Ontario and talk to Matt Young because he covers the Niagara Ice Dogs, which means he covers Kirill Maximoff, who is an Oilers draft pick who was signed to his entry-level deal today. You know the Oilers are thin up front, both currently and in the minors, so they're hoping some recent draft picks can develop here and make an impact. So far, so good for Maximoff. You'll get the details on his game. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.